Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So when I was about 23 years old, I was in a master's program and I had to do an internship. The internship that I had to do was to work with people who needed parenting help. And this was really ironic since I was like 23 years old, unmarried, didn't have kids, barely had any experience in the world. And so it was terrifying for me. So one of the things that I had to do was I had to teach a parenting class to women who were incarcerated but were eventually going to be reunited with their children. And so these ladies would get in the van from the prison and come on over to our facility and I would teach them how to be better moms. I was terrified the first time that I met these ladies. And I had to, I had no choice but to tell them, this is not me giving you advice. I'm just the messenger and I am teaching you a curriculum that has been well-researched. And once I got that off my chest, it went fine. But basically, I had to teach them about the differences in parenting styles and rewards and consequences for behavior and how to do that effectively. And so in the process, I actually learned quite a bit about parenting myself. And, you know, there are three types of parenting. There's authoritarian, which is sort of a dictatorship style. Authoritative, which is setting your boundaries as a parent, but then also allowing kids to tell you their point of view. And then the last style is permissive parenting, where basically you just allow the kids to run all over you and do whatever the hell they want. So I think that the idea of parenting and the styles of parenting comes up a lot for me in therapy. And it comes up with people who are parents and are trying to do the right thing. But for the most part, all of the work that I do has to do with people coming to terms with how they themselves were parented as a child. And we see this particularly when it comes to trauma, that when I'm doing trauma work, I'm really trying to dig down and find out what happened along the way of somebody's childhood that caused trauma that continues to repeat itself today in their daily life as adults. Now, there's some obvious trauma, right? It's like there are people who were raised by somebody who's abusive or raised by somebody who is neglectful or raised by somebody who's an alcoholic. A lot of times people come with these types of parents in their history, and it's really obvious the kinds of stuff that we have to work on. Now, what happens is it gets more complicated 
when somebody has perfectly well-meaning parents who screw things up. Now, one of the things that I have found is that it is the narcissistic parents who seem to cause the most trauma. Because I think even parents who are, say, physically abusive, a lot of times the adults I see will come to the conclusion that their parents were abused as children and they were basically just repeating what they went through. And so there's a sort of, even though the trauma that was caused by the abusive parents is something we have to work on, there's still sort of an understanding of why things happen the way that they did based on whatever the parents' history was themselves. Now, one of the hardest things to deal with in therapy is the narcissistic parent. When an adult comes in and they have a narcissistic parent, sometimes they are fully aware that they were raised by a narcissist, but I would say more often than not, it's one of those things that people don't even realize. And so it becomes really complicated in therapy because sometimes I see it long before the client sees it, that they feel crazy usually around their parents and they feel guilty a lot and they blame themselves and it gets super complicated. And when we kind of arrive at, and it has to be arrived at delicately, when we arrive at the idea that your parent was a narcissist, this throws people into an absolute tizzy. This breaks everything down because what happens is they recognize that everything they thought was true and everything they thought was good in their parent turns out to be false. And so sort of the way that they have viewed the world, but particularly their parents, begins to fall apart. And a lot of times that's something very difficult to deal with, the aftermath of somebody discovering that their parent was a narcissist. Now, there is an absolutely fantastic book called The Wizard of Oz and Other Narcissists. And in great detail, the narcissistic parent and partner and boss and all these different narcissists in a person's world are described in great depth. And it really describes narcissism, the flavor of narcissism, what it feels like to be the person around the narcissist. It's wonderful. One of the things that the author, Eleanor Payson, talks about in this book is the idea that the child who is the chosen one in this family, the kid who the narcissist decides is the favorite, 
is the one who actually has a harder time growing up because the parent just never leaves them alone and is constantly checking in and trying to get their needs met through this adult child. It's the kids who were the less favored ones that get the opportunity to go on and live an independent life or let's just say a more independent life and get to sort of see the world through their own eyes rather than through the narcissistic parents eyes. So the other thing that is described in this book is the idea of two different types of narcissists. We are familiar with the person who is preoccupied with status that parent who only went to the best schools and expects their child to only go to the best schools or the parent who drives the best car or has the best clothes and expects to be surrounded with other prestigious people and so this is sort of the narcissist that we are all familiar with now the other type of narcissist is the martyr type and that's the one who is always playing the victim and saying, you know, poor me, I've done so much for this person and they haven't treated me the way I deserve to be treated. Poor me, I bend over backwards for you kids and you don't, you're thankless or I've done so much for you and this is how you treat me. And it's, you know, I'm sure we've all sort of heard our parents say this on some level, but this is how a narcissistic martyr type talks to their kids all the time about everything. So that's really hard. And I have to say that, that, that people who have been parented by a narcissist are really struggling and it's really traumatic and the healing is really hard for them. And if you listen to my last episode, you heard me say that I had sort of an argument with another therapist because she didn't want to call a client's mom a narcissist. And I felt like that was really necessary in order for the treatment to continue in the right direction. And so it's, it's interesting, but it's also a really difficult part of our jobs and maybe why this other therapist was reluctant because there's a, a lot that comes down the pike after you deem a parent a narcissist. And usually I don't. I usually say, um, I think your parent has narcissistic tendencies or I don't know them well enough to really make a definitive diagnosis, but there are some traits with your parent that are disturbed. So that's usually how I handle it because I really don't want to diagnose somebody that I haven't met. But you know, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. That's an obvious type of problematic parenting. But the other thing I see is that perfectly well-meaning people can screw up their kids and they can do so in, in ways that they don't even understand they're doing it. And it's because of these parenting types that I talked about. Either they end up being too authoritarian, where it's my way or the highway, 
and the kid feels oppressed and they can't express themselves or it's the permissive way where the parent doesn't put up any guardrails and the kid just sort of feels out of control and unable to make decisions in life. And so I think that both of those things are problematic. When I worked in a rehab for teenagers, what I saw was that I saw either authoritarian parents or permissive parents. I would say the majority of them were more on the permissive slash neglectful side of things. But there were a lot of times where I had met some uber controlling parents. And to be honest, I felt like getting high after talking with them. And I still have that experience. I still meet these super authoritarian parents with drug addict adult children and and boy I need a drink after interacting with them because they're so crazy controlling and and narrow-minded and it's really hard now I don't think permissive is any better I think permissive parents create a whole other set of problems in terms of kids feeling out of control and feeling like nobody cares about them and feeling like they don't know what to do and they don't have a whole lot of agency because they haven't been given the structure that is needed. Um, so there's that too, right? And, and in either case, when we're talking about authoritarian or permissive parents, it's not people who are out to harm their children. These are people who ha were for all intents and purposes, well-meaning and just being completely unaware of their parenting style and screwing things up. So this happens and this is an issue. And a lot of times we'll see, and particularly I think we see a difference in the generations. I mean, most of the people I know in my age bracket, we were dying to get out of the house. We just wanted to hurry up and grow up so that we could move to our own place and decide our own house rules. And, you know, we made that, there's that funny saying, we wanted to run around the house with scissors and have nobody tell us what we should be doing. So there were a lot of us in my generation who grew up in this time, 70s, 80s, who just wanted to get the hell out and live our lives on our terms. With this younger generation of kids, kids I'm talking about who are teens and 20s right now, late teens and 20s right now, who are on the brink of moving out and moving away from their parents, there's a problem, I think, nowadays, just in the financial aspect of this, that kids can't really move out so easily. Rent is not cheap. You know, wages are not high. I think that most of the time it's really kind of cost prohibitive and it just makes sense for people to stay at home longer. But the other side of this coin is the idea that a lot of young people are scared to grow up. And it's partially because we've made it so comfortable for younger people to stay in the house, right? We've made their lives very comfortable and that's sort of the problem with permissive parenting. But 
I think part of why this generation is afraid to grow up is because they've had some real insight into adulthood through their parents that nowadays we show the kids, right, everything about our lives and we show them uh, the struggles that we have as adults in a way that our parents, my generation's parents, didn't. A lot of stuff was sort of kept behind closed doors. And nowadays, I think kids are aware of all of the struggles of their parents. And there is a sense that adulting is hard. And we show them adulting is hard. We show them that the bills are hard to deal with and that a lot of us have jobs that we don't really like and the kids know about it. I think we share too much with them to begin with. And so they're sort of aware of how difficult it is to adult. And when I talk to other adults, other people who are in my age range, you know, it's not like we ever get happy about paying bills or doing our taxes or any of that stuff. Like it doesn't become easier and we don't ever enjoy it, right? The adulting is hard for all of us, but it's something we put up with for the freedom. That's the part that's missing right now is that we haven't shown the happiness and the joy that comes from being an adult to the kids. We've just basically told them that life is a chore and you have to suck it up when you grow up and you have all these responsibilities and none of the fun. So it would make sense that we have an entire generation of kids who are not looking forward to becoming an adult. So one of the advantages that I have in doing the work that I do is that I get to see all these different older teenagers and 20-somethings as they sort of struggle with their parents' issues and how their parents' issues have affected them. And so I get to see quite a range of what that looks like and why growing up is so scary. I mean, basically, we have these kids who know about all the adult problems of their parents because parents share those. And it seems to me like all types of parents actually do share their issues on some level, right? A lot of times, you know, just to be sort of stereotypic about it, you have the permissive parents constantly sharing their feelings on everything and their struggles about everything. Well, let me tell you about my depression, Johnny. You know, it's, it hasn't been easy for me, right? So you have the permissive parents who kind of go that route. And then you have the authoritarian parents who try to scare the shit out of their kids, who say like, if you don't learn this, you're not gonna be able to make it in the world. If you don't do your chores, if you don't pay your bills, you're gonna wind up homeless. Do you wanna end up homeless? Well, you better study hard. You know, it's more of a threat than anything else. And so you can see how this would reinforce the idea that like growing up is a bitch and I don't wanna be there. I'd rather just kind of keep doing my own thing. And also 
that if the permissive parent can't handle themselves emotionally, can't manage themselves emotionally, and they're constantly sharing this with their kids. And then you have the authoritarian parents who tell you that life is shitty and that you can barely make it with unless you put in 150%, unless you work all hours of the day and do whatever you have to do to pay those damn bills because they're not going to go anywhere. And you need to get those good grades and you need to go to the right school because if you don't, you'll end up a disaster, right? As long as we have parents saying these things to kids, no one's ever going to want to grow up because nobody is seeing the joy in, in life, right? At least in this generation, in my generation, where we didn't hear all of that stuff so much, not so much the struggles, not so much what it is to struggle as an adult. I'm pretty sure that most of our parents did adulting and didn't share the struggles, right? It was just like, make this happen or else I'm going to beat your ass or make this happen because I said so, right? Not because I'm having emotional problems, not because adulting is hard or being an adult is a horrible struggle and life is terrible. It's just, I said so, so you have to do it. So there was sort of still a mystery in terms of how this stuff all got done, right? Like we didn't know how much money our parents did or didn't have. We didn't know how they paid their bills or when they paid their bills or any of that stuff. They just sort of did it and didn't tell us about it. And so, and then they made these rules that we didn't want to live by. And so we decided we needed to get out on our own so that we didn't have to live by these stupid rules that our parents made up that we didn't know why they did. And so we did it. And so as soon as we were old enough, we got our driver's licenses, right? That's something for my generation that we all got our driver's licenses as soon as the day of our birthday so that we could start our independence there so that we could be moving towards adulthood there. Nowadays, kids don't want their driver's licenses. I mean, there's Uber, but then also there's no need to leave the house. There's nothing to look forward to anyway in the independence department because it just leads to suffering. Adulthood just leads to suffering, according to the younger people. Why do it? So it's sort of an interesting phenomenon, an interesting way that our society has sort of moved. And it's all because of the effect of parenting. This is all because people have sat and watched their own parents and they don't have much to look forward to, right? And that's where therapy comes in. That therapy is meant to heal people from the parenting that they experienced growing up. And it's meant to help them and show them that there is another way, that there are other possibilities, that the way your parents handled things with you is not 
going to have to be your reality that you will have to live with, that you could actually manage your emotions appropriately, pay your bills without going crazy, and enjoy your life on some level and have balance. And that's really what therapy is here to teach people. And I think one of the biggest tragedies is that I see a lot of kids, or I'm sorry, a lot of adults who were treated very badly as children and have bad trauma histories because of the parenting they received. And then they grow up and they don't want to have kids. And it's hard for me to watch because I know them in depth, right? I know them very intimately, emotionally, and I know that they would be wonderful parents. But the trauma is so deep that they're just unwilling to to take the chance on having children of their own. And so that's really sad to see. But hopefully some of the healing that can occur in therapy would fix some of that and hopefully give people the opportunity to create a different reality for their own future. And so if that's you, you know what to do. Be well and thank you for listening.